Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ah, uh, yes, he is. Doug will be here in just a moment, but we'll take the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020. That person's going to win an incredible $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. If you want to talk to Doug, I highly urge you to start dialing now, 866-391-1020. And for everything that is Doug Oster, DougOster.com. So, Doug, what's on your mind this morning? Good morning and welcome back. Good morning. Well, talking about Sorgles, I was there this week getting stuff for television uh, and Pittsburgh Today Live. We did a segment called Christmas in July. They've been doing it all week and asked me to do a gardening segment. And so I got a chance to spend some time with the team at Sorgles, my friend Keith and Randy Potter, and they set me up with some amazing produce to take on, uh, tomatoes and beans and squash was awesome. Some great cut flowers, and they have some really, you know, I was poking around, of course, really nice-looking annuals left in big containers. Uh, there was a type of salvia there that Randy was telling me about that that he grew. Um, it's a it's a really beautiful plant, uh, and I'm, I grow a lot of different salvias. And if you want to get an idea of what it looks like, I've got a, a picture on uh, today's Facebook page. And just had a great time there, and they got, oh, they get, they're the first place I've seen that have pansies, and they've got nice flats of pansies. It would be a good time to plant pansies. So just had a great day at Sorgles, a lot of fun. Always nice to see the crew there. And today, though, another big day at Han Nursery, uh, and I need your help. I'll be assisting in selling plants grown at the Drew Matheson Greenhouse at Bidwell Training Center. This is a, a place I've supported since day one. They offer intensive horticulture training for people of any age, after high school, and uh, it's no charge for qualifying students. They've trained uh, countless students that I'm friends with over the years and just a big supporter of what they do. But they've got too many plants, and we did this last week, sold out in about an hour. But there are more plants this time, and it's, it's just beautiful perennial hibiscus. There's two varieties, and they'll come back every year, only 3 bucks per plant. <laughs> They're really nice-looking plants, and there's two different types of hardy hydrangeas, and just like last week, these flower heads are bigger than I've ever seen. For only $6, that's normally a $30 plant. Come on out to Han Nursery today from 11 to 1 or until the plants are gone. Han Nursery is at 3 Degree and Babcock in Ross. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun there. And you could take, take a look at that Christmas in July piece uh, at DougOster.com. It's all about gifts from the garden for the garden and the gardener. It was a lot of fun to do. And I wanted to talk about uh, Kathy uh, on Facebook, a friend of mine, Facebook friend, just sent me a, a message about how she's dealing with poison ivy. And I thought this was a great idea. Uh, we talk a lot about just pulling poison ivy as the best way to do it. And 
she is highly allergic. I, I mean, even if the dog walks through the, the poison ivy and she pets the dog, she'll get it. Uh, but she, she uses these things. They're, they're, they're for a, a veterinarian, and they're called disposable OB gloves. So they're just these long plastic gloves that are inexpensive. They go all the way up past the elbow, and you pick the poison ivy, and then you turn that glove inside out. I'm wondering if they might have them at Agway. I'm not sure, but you can find them online and at other local places, too. I'll have to uh, call Agway and, and figure that out. But what a great way to deal with poison ivy. We've always talked about uh, using a technique with a, a, a trash bag, and if you were picking up, like, dog waste, the same sort of thing with poison ivy. Well, this is the same idea only with these very inexpensive gloves, and she says it works like crazy. I actually have a company called Xanafel sent me a product, like a cream product for people who get poison ivy, and so I don't get it at this point. I'm not allergic to it. I mean, I could get it a little bit, but not like Kathy. So I'm sending her that Xanafel to test it out uh, to see what she thinks. Uh, now, Rob, do we have any callers yet? Not yet, but I do. Right. I do want to ask you: Did you see the picture that I sent you an email? That email? No. When was that? I sent it to you like last Sunday. No. What is it? It's that tree I've been talking about. No. Did you send it to my old email, not my Comcast address? I could, I didn't see that. Well, anyway, the bottom line is, you know, I know a lot of people are like kind of giving me grief. Like, come on, Rob, just take a little bit. It's not. But I have learned a little bit can be a lot. You really can't just start slicing and dicing trees unless you know what you're doing, Doug. I mean, in your case. Uh, I just, it's you, such a beautiful tree. Right. And you've got, we all have access to people who can help you. Uh, it'd be it'd be good if I actually saw the email. <laughs> That must be in my. Uh, I probably sent it to your. I probably sent it to your old email. Right yeah, but I want to take a look at it. Yeah, and I, I get a lot of those kind of questions, Rob. Where at dougoster dot com, you just send a con, uh, contact information through, and I'm answering questions day and night. If you can't get through to the show, that's a great way to to get a hold of me and ask me your garden questions. Or if you're shy, you don't want to be on the air, that sort of thing. I answer all my garden questions there. And yeah, when we're talking about trees. You know, there's certain situations where you just want a pro to come, and, and that would be our friends from Davy Tree. Uh, you know, I've been, yes, they are sponsors, but I've been using the guys from Davy Tree since way back when I lived in Ohio, uh, over 22 years ago. Uh, and I wouldn't have anybody else look at my trees. I, you want a certified arborist, and they'll come for free. And they'll take a look at your problem, and we need to get that picture to our certified arborist, Rob, and so we can finally figure out how you're going to get back in and out with that fancy car you're driving, that old 52 <laughs> Studebaker uh, in and out of that uh, garage. You like that Studebaker, don't you? All right. Uh, listen, um, we do have some calls, so what do you say we take a few or at least one up until that first break? Uh, and, again, phones are going to fill up quickly. They're starting to now. We actually only have about one line available at the moment. So if you have a question for Doug, feel free to call 866-391-1020. And Dollar Bank Instant Access is always a great way to get a hold of Doug as well at kdkradio.com. Here is Mary Lou in Munhall. Hey, Mary Lou, good morning. Good morning. I have... I've been growing pumpkins for 20 years, and I've never had this problem. I have, I discovered pumpkin worms in my vine. What do I do about it, and how did I get it? 
Well, this is the perfect uh, day to talk about this because when Mrs. Know-It-All comes on, she's going to tell us all about what that is, is a squash vine borer. And so okay. hang on hang on, and listen to the rest of the show. And Mrs. Know-It-All has lots of information about squash vine borers and squash bugs, and we'll talk about that a little later in the show. But what I've... What we've always told people, first off, how you get them is, let's talk about that first, that a uh, a little moth-like creature will lay its eggs at the base of a squash plant or pumpkin plant in your case. When those eggs emerge, that larva is, uh, they're using the pumpkin as a host plant, and so they'll drill into that hole, and, or they'll drill into that stem with a little hole, and they'll start eating away at it. And so, as I said, let's wait for Mrs. Know-It-All because we we talked yesterday, and she wants to talk uh, about squash vine borers, okay? All right, let's go to Lee in North Huntington. One more quick one before the first break. Lee, how you doing? Good morning. I'm great. I hope you guys are, too. I planted um, six little princess spirea about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And they are just huge, but it looks like sections of it are dying. How can I regenerate them? Can I cut them back, or how long? How long has this uh, decline been going on? Um, probably started last year. All right. Well, spirea is tough, so we got to think. You know, nutrients or water might be the issue. Uh, I would be tempted to to fertilize them to try and bring them back with uh, something like uh, just a basic organic granular fertilizer like Garden Tone. Uh, It's easy to find. Uh, It will bring new growth out into the plant, and we still have time to apply that uh, this time of the year. We're we're running out of time. We don't want to push out new growth too late in the season. And for spirea, that would be what I would want to do. And now real quick, Anything that's dead in that plant, dead is dead. We need to trim that out of there. So just go in there, bend the branches. If they crack, they're dead. If they bend, they're still alive. All right, thank you for the call. I've nailed it down to three, red dogwood, red Japanese, or the American red maple. It's got to be one of those three, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> so think about it, and I'll get the big those, those are Those are three completely different. Are they right. really? Send me a picture at dogoster at comcast.net, Rob. We'll be back. Uh, yes, he is awaiting your phone call at 866-391-1020. Here's uh, Eleanor in Wexford. Hey, Eleanor, good morning. Good morning. Um, I consulted someone about my dwarf, Alberta spruce, and they're getting little brown spots. The little needles are turning brown, and uh, they told me to get that it was possible probably um, it, it was probably some spider mites. And right, they're, they're very pr- prone to spider mites. Pardon? Uh, that tree is very prone to spider mites. I didn't understand that. It is a big problem? Yeah, that tree gets uh, spider mites all the time, but you, it's... It's very simple to treat. Spider mites, you can just use something called horticultural oil. And horticultural just, oil. Yeah, just kind of look in there. You'll see where there's kind of like little webs and stuff, and just kind of spray it in there on them. It's going to take more than one application. but you, That's you can, what I needed to know. Does the rain take that off? 
Uh, yeah, you're, you're probably going to want to apply it two or three times in as many weeks uh, to really get the, the pest under control. Keep an eye on it also. Uh, it's not the worst thing that can happen to your tree. But that also does tell us that the tree could be stressed out a little bit. I would be tempted to uh, feed that tree with, again, with a, with a, a basic uh, organic granular fertilizer just to keep it happy, make sure it's getting the water that it needs. And that horticulture oil will solve your problem. As I said, two or three applications in as many weeks, all right? All right, thank you for the call. Let's go now to Joanne in Murraysville for Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Hi, Joanne. Hi. Hey. Hi, how you doing? Great. What's on your mind? I would like to know, I bought rhubarb plants, Princess Rhubarb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, do they like the shade or the sun? They would prefer morning sun, afternoon shade, if you could do it, but they're pretty tough. They'll grow just about anywhere. More sun is better than less sun for rhubarb. Uh, when you do plant them, improve that soil with some compost. You know, you can buy a couple bags of compost, and that rhubarb is going to be there for a long time, so we want to give it a really good home. And then in the spring, you can pick it and make a strawberry rhubarb pie and send it to KDKA so that Rob and I can eat it, okay? <laughs> Thank you for the call. Hey, Doug, right now you want to talk about some of the things that are peak as far as this time of year. So what has really done well this year? This is the peak of, of the season. I want to talk a little bit about harvesting and Try and get out there in the morning to do your harvesting if you can, as, as we always often talk about the same thing when we're watering, do it in the morning. Harvesting in the morning is kind of the same idea because those plants are at their peak early in the morning, filled with as, as much moisture as they're going to have for the day. So if you can do it, get out there in the morning, uh, harvest at that time. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to preserve your harvest, uh, you know, Mrs. Know-it-all is an expert canner. I'm hoping she's going to do another canning class somewhere down the line here uh, because I know nothing about it. But, you know, I, I use a lot of freezing techniques, a lot of drying techniques uh, to to save my plants. I, I grow this one hot pepper. I talk about it all the time. It's called Super Chili, and it just puts on hundreds and hundreds of peppers, and you, you can't use them all fresh. You know, in fact, we had a dish yesterday. I can only use about two of these little peppers in a dish, and that's enough to wake you up. But I'll just dehydrate those down into hot pepper flakes. It's just an easy way to, to to use a lot of hot peppers if you have them. And then also remember that you can donate your extra produce uh, to your local food pantry. Uh, if you go to DougOster.com, I've got information there how you can get to their the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank's website and how to navigate it to find where the place is that's close to your garden. And if you had an extra zucchini or some extra tomatoes, uh, I got to get some tomatoes to you, Rob. Though that's that's for sure this year. Uh, you will. No big deal. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Hey, uh, in, in about a minute or so be, before the break, uh, I want to know you got a trip planned for not this year but next year. But uh, right now, I, I got to tell you, people are just wanting to go somewhere. So this will give them something to plan ahead for. Yeah, next year, next July, I am taking people to Croatia. Um, you know, before everything got shut down, I was going once or twice a year on different trips around the world to take gardeners, and Croatia has always been on my bucket list. This is a special trip that I had to have booked a certain way because it's on uh, this yacht that only holds 36 people. So you've got to book it a year in advance, which in this case ends up being a, a great thing because 
fingers crossed, next next July we will all we will forget about all this and we'll be headed to Croatia. It is an amazing trip, twelve day trip through all the major ports, and uh, seven of those is cruising the Adriatic uh, every day, getting off somewhere. Uh, it's an easy way to travel because we get a, a a local guide that takes us from the beginning all the way to the end, meets us at the airport and sends us off 12 days later and shows us everything we need to see. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Croatia, I have to have this booked by the end of the month. And as I said, it's not till next July. If we were in the situation that we're in now still, of course, you, the trip would not go. But I've got it about three-quarters of the way filled. You know, when you only have a room for 36, it's filling up pretty quick. So if it's something that you're interested in, you can just go to DougOster.com, or I've got the information on my Facebook page, or you can just give me a call. If you don't have Internet access, I could send you a, a flyer. It's 412-277-7421. That's 412-277-7421. Would love for you to come along. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. Much more with Doug. If you want to get a question, and now would be a great time to call us at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Good morning. All right, make yourself the 10th caller. Wish it, will it, because if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win yourself a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Janoski's. And right now, we've got lots of phones open if you want to talk to Doug. He's here for a couple of more segments. Then after Boris does the 8 o'clock news, we're going to be talking summer seafood with Joe and Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour. Up first, though, for Doug, here's Keith wanting to talk tomatoes. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Good morning. Hi, Rob. Good to hear you. Hey, Doug, um, is it too late to start a couple tomato plants in containers, and what size container uh, about do you need, and what about some soil prep? And I'll just take the answer off the air. Thanks. All right. You're, well, yeah, it's probably too late. Uh, if you could find a really big plant at some nursery uh, that already had tomatoes on it, whenever we're talking about tomatoes in containers, and I'm glad you called about tomatoes because tomatoes in containers are prone to blossom and rot, and a lot of times it's too small of a container and and, and it uh, it can't the the soil can't stay wet. So that's what we always say for tomato, 15-gallon container or bigger, and I know that seems really huge, but that's the size to do it. As I said, the only way you're going to get a tomato to fruition is to get like a cherry tomato or an early girl or something like that, and it already has to be with tomatoes on it and put it in your container, put it in the garden. But let's talk about blossom and rot because, Rob, while we're on the break, I got – three or four questions about this blossom end rot, and, and I've been talking a lot about it online. I've got uh, all the information at DougOster.com, but let's go over it. So the bottom of the tomato has a black or brown lesion on it, and that is because it's not getting the calcium it needs. The calcium is in the soil, most probably, but it can't. the plant can't uptake it without evenly moist soil. And so in the weather that we've had, complete drying out, then, like last night, uh, you know, thunderstorm pours water on it. That's going to cause blossom and rot. Not just tomatoes, but I'm getting questions about peppers, too. The, the cure for blossom and rot is to make sure the sto- soil stays evenly moist. That's all you need to do. That means mulching and watering when things are dry. All right, fair enough. Let's go now to Virginia. Hey, Virginia, how are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. You don't get much sleep. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. It's worth it. It's worth it to be here with you and Doug every Sunday. (laughs) Okay. It's nice to hear you every Sunday. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Um, well, what about, what about me? Thank you, Doug. Pardon me? <laughs> I said, what about me? You're, you're glad you're talking to Rob. Well, what about yes, me? you too. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. All right, go ahead. Um, I have, okay, I'm not, I don't know too much about flowers, but I do have this um, one issue that I need to address, and I don't know what the name of the flower is, but it has the base of like an iris, those leaves, those, uh, and then it's a big, tall um, flower that comes up. It has like little white balls. I think the, a lady might have been talking about that a few calls ago. Um, but anyway, they're, they've grown real tall, and they're kind of leaning over. And I didn't know if I snap, if I'm to snap that part off. So is it already done its thing? Is it already done flowering? What's left are seed pods? Is that what we're thinking? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, in that case, those can be removed uh, if, if that's all that's left and and it's do leaning I, over. Do I take that woody stalk off? Do I cut that yep. back? Yeah, you would take that all the way down to the base of the plant and remove it. What is the now name the, of that? I don't know, but I'm just guessing on... on <laughs> I'd have to see it to know, but I'm just guessing if, a, if the flower if the flower is done doing its thing and all we have is seed pods left, usually those uh-huh. are removed so, so that the plant uh, has enough energy uh, to, to put it back into the roots as opposed to making seeds. Okay, because it is a big, it's a big, tall, woody stalk. It's about three foot. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. not sure what it is, but uh, you could send me a picture and then we can okay. know for sure. Okay, thank you, Doug. Thank you. All right, Virginia. Hey, when's the last time you can uh, uh, seed evergreens during the season? What, what can you tell me about that? Some lady wants to know. Seeding or planting evergreens? Well, I think that's what she meant, planting, yeah. So evergreens, we're just starting the, the planting season. I would wait till September to tell you the truth. Depending on the weather in August here, if we get nice, cool, rainy August, we could start planting evergreens for sure right now. But I usually, you know, fall is for planting. The reason we plant trees and shrubs and perennials at the end of the season is the temperature and the length of the days are conducive to root growth as opposed to top growth. We don't want that plant to put on top growth. We just want it to work on its roots, and uh, that's why I'll be talking a lot about planting trees and shrubs as the season progresses. Listen, we were still waiting for some phone calls at 866-391-1020. Next hour, everything from salmon, uh, shrimp, to tilapia at Summer Seafood with Joan Franklin TC. We talked about evergreens. Do people actually still plant that stuff when it comes to their yard and the shrubs that you and I grew up with, the ivy that you and I grew up with, or has it completely changed? Has it become, and I'm going to use the word, more modern now to maybe not plant some of that stuff, Doug? Well, uh, they're still planting it, but they're looking for more out of their their plants than just uh, oftentimes evergreen. They're looking for other signs of interest, flowers and variegation and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you know, those old shrubs, those old uh, Texas shrubs that we all had in the front of our house, they're still out there and they do serve a purpose. They're, they're indestructible and they provide privacy. I was actually at a garden uh, a couple days ago and they had a beautiful old long driveway with one side covered in, in the, that old-fashioned sh- shrub, and they would, you know, kind of <laughs> cut it into a big giant box and just so you could drive back and forth. 
But we're always looking for plants that have more than one season of interest, uh, that aren't just a one-trick pony. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about uh, different plants that, that do offer more. Uh, like I said, flowers and variegation, and there's always something new coming down the pipe, Rob. That's what's interesting the way you, 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 you talk about it because, yes, we're still growing some of the same things, but always looking for something new, something different, something beautiful. Uh, I'll tell you, being out at the nurseries, um, one thing I've seen is, is there's some really beautiful hanging baskets that are inexpensive. And I know you might think like, well, I put my hanging baskets up in May, but you can get them really nice looking baskets right now. If you've got some spots to hang them, uh, and that's something I'll be doing. I'm, I'm going to be at Han Nursery today, and I'm going to I'm going to pick up some of those uh, plants on sale, some of those hanging baskets. But I'm also going to be selling these really cool plants, trying to help out this place called Drew Matheson Greenhouse at Bidwell Training Center. They train people in horticulture. If you qualify, it's at no charge to the student. And they, I just know so many people that have gone through that program, and it's so great. And they've got plants left over. And today, from 11 to 1, or until the plants are gone, I'm, I'm going to be helping them sell two different types of perennial hibiscus, which will come back every year, and they're these big, like, dinner plate flowers. I've got them up on my Facebook page. And then hydrangeas, these big, beautiful hydrangea plants, only 6 bucks a, pl- a piece, so usually 30 bucks. It's all to help out the Drew Matheson Greenhouse at Bidwell Training Center. Come on down to, to Han Nursery in Ross today from 11 to 1. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'll even help you shop. One of the wonderful things last week about doing this was as soon as we were done with the plants, I met a bunch of young couples and got to, got to show them a little bit about what I was just talking about, about shrubs and trees that have more than one season of interest that are also deer-resistant because being deer-resistant, I think, is one of the most important aspects nowadays of picking plants, Rob. So you were like planting some seeds of love, were you not talking to these Oh, couples? it was awesome. You know, I just love young young couples when they come in and, and, and want to learn about gardening. One couple was just uh, wanted to start seeds, you know, the, this late in the season. So it was just about choosing the right varieties that will be ready by the end of the season. We're, we are still planting lots of seeds right now. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll be back. Stay with us. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, our horticulturist. And Denise, lots to talk about today. Start off with, you've got a big event coming up at one of our favorite places, right? Yeah, I'm going to be doing my Urban Myths and Legends at Bedner's uh, Farm and Greenhouse. Um, It's a fun talk. I'm going to have door prizes for people. And you're getting a $10 coupon off of $40. And the cost is just $10. So, you know, you can get your fall perennials now. It's the time to, you know, go shopping. And we always have a lot of fun doing this talk. So it's based on the myths that, you know, like from the Farmer's Almanac and what Grandma told you and actual science. Okay. When is it and what time? It is August 13th. That's a Thursday at 530 at Bedner's. And you can just go to um, bednersgreenhouse.com and register, or you can go on Facebook and register, or you can just call them. All right, let's talk talk first about evergreens. Uh, we had a question where it said it was about seeding evergreens. I assume that meant just planting evergreen trees, but no, uh, caller called back and said about planting evergreens from seed. Yeah, I've you never, know, I've never um, done that before. It depends. 
it's really hard to say because it depends on the species. So if it's a, a fir or a pine or a spruce and, or a cyadopsis, there's so many. And most of them require a what we call a stratification, a cold period. And that's why Mr. Squirrel's a lot more uh, effective at planting trees than we are from evergreens. But some need a double stratification period where it would freeze and then you'd warm it up, and then you'd freeze it again, which is why trees that we have that we buy at nurseries now are actually grown from cuttings, you know, uh, at the big wholesale nurseries. They're not grown from seed. So it would depend on what she has and the time of year that she harvested, whether the seed was ripe enough. You know, there's so many factors so right. that's why we don't recommend, you know, trying to grow them from seed. And I mean, I she can play with it, but unless she knows yeah. what she is growing, it makes it harder. Yeah, it would just be a fun experiment. Um, so we had a call earlier about uh, squash vine borers. I know that was something we w- wanted to talk about today. Do you have squash vine borers? I've never yep, had them I before. do. You know, um, you know, just because we're professionals doesn't make us immune to this stuff at all. Well, so, actually, there's two things going on right now. One is squash bugs, and actually on my Mrs. Know-It-All page, I have pictures of what the eggs look like and the immature insect and then the adults. So every morning I go out and check the undersides of my leaves on my zucchini and my cucumbers and look for them, and then I either cut the leaf off or cut a piece of the leaf off or I just have garden gloves on and I squish them because that's satisfying. Um, (laughs) The squash vine borer is a different story. So I have a picture of them up too, and when you go in, you can see a little tiny hole or some sawdust at the base of the plant, and they've injected their eggs, the larvae hatch, they start eating their way up through the plant and then you go out to the garden one day and your plant's all like it's dead what happened overnight and that's from the squash vine borer so what you can do uh, is a couple things you can use um, remay our floating row cover and cover it as you put your plants into the garden but once they start blooming you have to remove the cover so the plants can be pollinated the other just thing you can do... Just about out of time. Just about out of time, Denise. What else? Uh, wrap them up with aluminum foil right at the base of the plant. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. Remember, remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. Only because I'm in a good mood today, I'm going to give you one minute. we got actually one minute. Give you an extra minute to talk about uh, blossom end rot on tomatoes and peppers. Go. All right. Thanks so much. Well, as we talked about it earlier, uh, blossom end rot is a watering issue. So if you have things with peppers or tomatoes, at the bottom of of the the fruit itself is black or brown, we want to be sure that we are evenly watering our garden. And so when things dry out like they did the last two weeks, we got to make sure that once a week uh, we're giving that plant everything it needs. Most of these plants just need one inch of water per week. Mm-hmm. With, without that, they're, they're going to get that blossom end rot. So keep the stuff watered and you'll be fine. Doug, have a good week, buddy. Thanks. All right, news next. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.